blanket with a sweater and long pants. Yeah, you're literally the coziest cozy girl I ever saw. And I'm in an actual t-shirt dress. Um, Because I have circulation. And I have not circulation. Uh I don't have circulation. Yeah. (laughs) My hands are ice cubes. (laughs) Per usual. (laughs) Okay. Um, Hi. And welcome to Dead Mom Society. The club that nobody wants to be in. We get you. Let's do this. I'm Kate. I'm Mel. And we are just two girls with dead moms, and we're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's do it. Um, today's episode is all about transitions, and there's a lot of transitions just in your everyday life that we might not even notice, but we are going to focus on some of the bigger ones that may be a little bit triggering for someone's grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also pretty relevant right now because I'm in the middle of a transition and so is Mel. Um, I'm about to leave the country in two weeks. Uh, I'm moving to Scotland. I think I said that last episode, but mm-hmm. it's kind of funny because we are recording this episode right now in my post-college bedroom when I moved back in <laughs> with my parents. So I'm in my dad's basement right now and I had to move all of my stuff out of my apartment and I really just did not realize how much you can collect in a 400 square foot apartment. But it was a small apartment. But... It was a tiny little apartment, but I had so many drawers. Mm. So, and that was like literally my biggest stress when I was moving out. It was just like, it's another drawer. It's more drawers and there's more things in this drawer. It's <laughs> another it's drawer. I, I shove things another into drawers. Closet. It's bad. It's bad behavior. But <laughs> I moved back in, but put some, you know, touches in this bedroom that didn't have it before. Like I hung up my disco ball. And, you know, I have my blue couch in here, so it feels a little bit more adult than it did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as much as it can, at least. But, yeah. Um, how was your week? My week was pretty good. It's been pretty griefy. Mm-hmm. I got an anniversary coming up on Saturday. So I've been very up and down, um, happy and grateful and then sad. And someone in the Evergreen community passed away, which is always just like a huge impact to the community. Uh, While I didn't know him very well, um, I know that his friends loved him so dearly that this is going to be like a shattering loss for them. So it was a little triggering, especially considering the anniversary that I'm going to experience is from a friend Mm -hmm. who's just 21. So it's been interesting, but I've been really busy, which has helped a lot. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Do you feel like keeping busy has like just kind of because this is a five-year anniversary so Mm -hmm. how does keeping busy you know compare to this five-year anniversary versus what is about to be a three-year anniversary for your mom Mm -hmm. it's a really good question because they're both hitting me really hard this year Mm -hmm. um so I don't know I think it's easier to keep keep busy um with this one because it's been a little bit longer so it's not on the forefront Mm -hmm. right and like behind my eyes, you know, of the mind. Um, whereas like my mom is still right there all the time. It yeah. hasn't really taken a back seat yet. So maybe that's a little bit different. Um, but I just know, like when I think of it, it does make me really emotional. But mm-hmm. I'm able to just keep busy and distract myself in the meantime. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, you know, we're with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a big one. Five years is a lot of time, especially for someone who is so young. Mm-hmm. But- it's got to be not a very fun one to reflect on. No. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Oi. Oi. Okay. 
well. Um, I think we'll just go ahead and get started. Yeah, let's get started. Beautiful. Mel, do you want to kick us off? Sure. So we're <laughs> going to talk about transitions today. Transitions like through grief, um, while you're in grief, while you're feeling everything out. Um, so the first big transition I think you experience because of grief is the death or the loss that gets you there in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously a transition in itself, whether it's um, like in the case of Staven, where someone is transitioning out of your life um, or, you know, the transition of death, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then after that come tertiary losses as well. I think oftentimes when people think about grief, they only think about death. Mm-hmm. But grief is continuous through your life, in my opinion. And that means that certain things that can trigger your grief are going to possibly make you feel the same way you felt when you experienced that loss. Mm -hmm. So they're all losses and they're all transitions, however it might look. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's interesting to talk about because some transitions are really short and some are really, really long. And some are really positive. Yeah. They're not absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just interesting how like you can have a really, really good change and it can still trigger your grief in a way that you just didn't expect because going through those transitions without your loved one can hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the front of death, so, you know, kind of like the first part of transitioning through, you know, grief, um, I always think about my transition because my transition was about two years <laughs> since we, from we, okay, from when we found out, um, it was 20 months. And I think that that transition was, it was so long and it was like such a long time coming that it was for the most part positive because I got to really kind of revel in it and really feel it and feel like I, you know, made the time count. But I also think about, you know, people that we've interviewed like Alex and Will, how their transition in death was very fast. One moment, one minute Will had his dad and the next minute he didn't. And that is wildly different from what we experienced, mm-hmm. Mel. And I do think it's, it is interesting to talk about because, uh, transitions can hit us so hard but I feel like the moment the person dies it's the same for everyone you just Mm -hmm. no matter how long you had to prepare for it no matter how quickly you had to prepare for it you you feel it it guts you and you know that the world has shifted and you're on to something new and it's this gigantic transition that you are really kind of unsure of how to handle, but you just got to do it. And it's nothing you can prepare for, no matter how long you have. Mm -hmm. You can never prepare for that moment that the world stops. Totally. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so speaking on that, you know, moving from the moment that your person leaves you to their transition trans- – Gosh, that's gonna be a tough one. <laughs> this episode. Be a tough that, one. I, do I have like a list all of a sudden? Transition, transition, <laughs> changes. How about changes <laughs> <laughs> to the changes that come after your loved one passes or leaves your life? There are so many; it's difficult to count. <clears throat> and so many. we have Mel did a really good job of writing notes. <laughs> I always say I write notes, and then I never do because I'm 
you know. But I then just... Caitlin will be like, I'm writing notes. This time for real. And then I'm like, oh, shit. I better write notes. And she write notes. <laughs> I Guess do write, write notes. notes. <laughs> Me. I didn't write notes. So honestly, we actually have a really good system going. because <laughs> Yeah, my... Mel does all the work and I just shoot shit out of my ass. <laughs> what? That's a horrible partnership. No, it's really, really good. You just motivate me with false promises. <laughs> I give you false promises, make you do the work, and then I reap the benefit. Yes. Awesome. No. This works for me, honestly. <laughs> it clearly works for both of us, okay? <laughs> it's a win-win. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, okay. Mel kind of mapped out a few of the transitions you experience after the death as well. Do you want to walk us through those a little bit? Yeah. So one is the funeral. And I think that's maybe an obvious one. Um, that obviously happens very soon after the loss. Another um, one that I think is very important in that it can trigger your grief are any big milestones. Hmm. So that means like... Jobs, relationships, birthdays, moves, basically everything. But those are like the main ones I could think of. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, um, I'm going to say what you said earlier. It's almost like a primary, secondary, and tertiary transition. Mm-hmm. Um, so while, you know, that primary one is the death, I do think that, at least in my experience, the funeral made everything really sink in for me mm-hmm. um, because it was everyone talking about the loss. And that came so soon after the loss, so it was like a, a quick transition. And then every other transition kind of trickled in way later. Yeah, that's totally true. And can you – so can you tell us about maybe a transition that came, let's say, within the first year, a transition you experienced that kind of surprised you by triggering your grief? Hmm. That's a good question. In that first year, I'm like thinking, but it's such a blur that I'm like, I know, I guess maybe let's not limit it then. Can you, I just, cause when I think about transitions, obviously the ones that come to mind are the big ones. Mm -hmm. You get a new job, you move apartments, you get Mm -hmm. a significant other, you get a dog, whatever. Oh, okay. There's so many. And I feel like a lot of people expect to kind of miss their person Mm -hmm. when those transitions happen. But sometimes the ones that I think are the hardest, the ones that you get surprised by, the ones that sneak up on you. So have Mm -hmm. you had one like that where you're just like, this is just a normal day. I don't really know why this one little thing is triggering my grief, like this one mm-hmm. transition. I think that um, when I went to a beach, because like I didn't mm. grow up like loving the beach. I've always loved like loved the mountains first, um, but my mom loved the beach. So we um, spread her ashes in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just like going to California or going near the ocean – I was so emotional. I couldn't handle it. And I did not expect that to happen. Mm -hmm. What about you? Do you have one? That's actually kind of interesting because I have a very similar one. I think um, when I came back the first time from a trip, it was the first trip I'd taken without my mom. And so that was like a weird transition of just like, okay, Mm, I'm in Denver. I'm feeling my grief. And my grief is like very much here. And I went to a lake house with my mom's best friend, Christy Tucker, and her kids. And it was the most magical it, I was there for 10 days it was so great we just did flips off the like, <laughs> dock in the lake all day long it was the best ever but I did not expect my grief to hit me so hard when we drove back because it was in Minnesota so the drive back was like 16 hours or something like that and 
I just didn't expect the transition from the trip coming home. Uh, I just, I really did leave my grief behind for like 10 days. Mm -hmm. And then we came home and I was like, oh, it's right here waiting for me. It's here. And that was really not a very fun car ride. Uh, And that was like a huge transition for me where I kind of got respite for like a little, it was my first time that I like kind of Mm -hmm. didn't forget, but put it on the back burner. And I came right back and it slapped me right in the face. And that was like a big one where I was like, oh, okay. You can pretend, but you can't escape. Uh, And that was like a, that was a big one for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's those little things that, that do jump out at you that you're not preparing for Mm -hmm. that totally can derail like any sort of healing at that moment, you know, or at least make it seem that way. Yeah. Um, so I think like later in this episode, we'll talk about some ways to kind of prepare for these transitions in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about jobs Okay. because this is one that I think is like a very obvious transition in your life in Mm -hmm. general. And then to do it without a parent is kind of interesting because I feel like when you think about yourself getting a job or a career, the first thing that, at least for me, the first thing that comes to my mind isn't like my mom or dad. It's like, oh, my future, you know, this, that, and this. But then I get like a job that I love and I want to talk to my mom about it. And Mm -hmm. then that's when the transition triggers the grief. Right. But I think that it's hard for people to recognize maybe if they're feeling some kind of way about getting a new job as a transition, that it's related to the feelings they may have felt when they first experienced that transition of death. Yeah, I agree. And I also like what you said, where like you get a new job and you think it's it's for your future. You're doing this thing because you want to set yourself up better. And I find that anytime I think about the future, I'm like, it hits me hard anytime mm-hmm. I think about the future mm-hmm. because it's a future without my person. It's a future without my mom. And you're so right with like getting a new job. That's the whole point of getting a job is to, to set yourself up to be a happier person and to make more money or have more security or be closer to your home or whatever. There's all these things and it's preparing yourself for a better future and you have to have this future without this person. And Mm -hmm. I think that getting a new job is probably like one of the biggest transitions that I went through that I felt my grief the most because I, at my job that I just quit, actually, I was promoted a handful of times because I just, was like the only one in this like whole realm of like, and job she's roles. Got her job. And she's sure. got her job. <laughs> but I just, I was the only one who was kind of like doing this stuff. And so I would get new job titles. And every time I totally just wanted to call my mom and be like, oh my gosh, like I got a new title. I get more money. I get more experience with this thing. And I'm just going to set myself up for a better future. And it is really hard because. I wasn't able to call her, A, and B, I had to envision that future again mm-hmm. without my mom. It's that feeling of achievement and wanting to share your achievements with your parents because they set you up to be the way you are to achieve. Right. So it's like wanting to share a piece of your parents back with them. And so when you can't really accomplish that, or maybe like a piece of your best friend mm-hmm. and a part of them, like, so when you can't share it with them, at least in their body, <laughs> you're like... Oh, like it's just like something is missing. Like it's almost like you can't fully enjoy that job. You know, you can't fully enjoy that achievement. 
yeah. without them enjoying it too, you know? It's so true. Yeah, we've said it before, but I, it's just like having that feeling of accomplishment or like happiness, it's always just a little bit tainted. You can mm-hmm. be so happy and then you just remember that there's someone missing and you're like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm happy, but I'm also a little bit sad. Just kind of how it is like forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I know. know that's ever going to end. <laughs> I know. I'm and honestly, you. I kind of hope it doesn't because yeah. I always want it to feel like she's missing because mm-hmm. she is missing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's, I mean, that's like how jobs can link to your grief. Totally. And how the, it can trigger it because it's a huge transition. It's an achievement. It's an accomplishment. It's something that should make you happy. Right. And so not being able to share that. Yeah. And I just quit my job um, a couple weeks ago, like three weeks ago. And that was really interesting because I had this job when my mom passed and the company I worked for were so gracious and gave me so much time off and just really supported me through her passing and also through hospice because I got to work from home. And this was like, granted, it was during COVID as well, but (laughs) we were in lockdown for like two months of the three and a half months that, um, she was passing and I got to be home for all three and a half of those months. They did let me work from home. They did really give me a break, which was amazing. And it was actually really difficult to leave. My last day was quite emotional. And I like wrote this email to the higher ups at my company, just thanking them for being so understanding and willing to work with me. And I do think that it was hard. Like I'm almost grieving that job as well because it was a great job and I really loved the people I worked with and I enjoyed what I was doing. I just, it was just time for me to go, but it is, I am grieving that job as well. And so it's, it ties into my other grief, like grieving multiple things at once is hard. And that's the whole point. I think of what we're trying to talk about today is like transitions, whether they're positive or negative or anywhere in between, it is a change. And Mm -hmm. with change comes a little bit of grief and it can be bittersweet mm-hmm. or it can just be better or it can just be sweet, but there's all these emotions that tie in with it. And so a lot of times when we do have these transition transitions where we're like moving from one point of life to the next, it does trigger the grief that we also have inside of our hearts for the person that we lost. Mm-hmm. And I do think it can feel like with each stage and movement of life, it's like further away from when that person was still here. Totally. So that's a grief in itself too. That's yeah. a loss in itself too. Mm-hmm. Another like big milestone that I think about when I think about a transition that will trigger my grief is a birthday. And that's my birthday. That's their birthday. That's dad's birthday. That's Susie's birthday. You know, like that's just a birthday in the family because birthdays are celebrated with family. And, Mm -hmm. you know, at least growing up in my family, like we would all play Beatles or play the birthday by the Beatles. (laughs) And dance around (laughs) and we'd like blast it no matter where we were. So like if we were traveling, we'd get noise complaints in a hotel and it wouldn't matter. Like that was our family's tradition. And so it's like those little traditions on birthdays that totally trigger grief, you Mm -hmm. know? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Birthdays are, birthdays are a big one. I really like my birthday because I love an excuse to get everyone together and celebrate and uh, my friends who are listening to this right now will say that I am a birthday bitch but I think that is (laughs) false advertising I do not subscribe to that narrative (laughs) I just like celebrating with my friends (laughs) it's my favorite thing it's an excuse to get everyone together Um, but I just my 25th birthday was really 
it was a big one for me. It was a big transition. And I uh, had kind of not been going to grief counseling for probably two months because I was just taking a little bit of a break. And before my 25th birthday, I called my or I emailed my counselor. It's just like, hey, girl, um, can we catch up? <laughs> so I really did not want to turn 25. I just I really, 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 really didn't want to do it. Because my mom passed away at 24 and I had a mom at 24. And I was going to turn 25 and not have a mom anymore. And uh, I think I might have talked about this in a previous episode. But I just remember so vividly I was thinking about my birthday. And I just – it dawned on me that I was going to keep having birthdays. And they were just going to keep coming. And I was going to keep growing older and having ages without a mom. And that was just like, mm, no thanks. Don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty determined to just like not do it. But then uh, I just thought about – what the year could be and my therapist really helped me and I asked her I was like 24 was all about uh kind of figuring my life out a little bit what's 25 gonna be and she was like 25 is about existence and you just have to exist and you have to take all the lessons that you've learned and that you've taught yourself and you just have to live your life and I was like okay fuck (laughs) and it's been like the best year ever I have loved 25 25 has been my probably my favorite age yet I absolutely have loved it But that day was really interesting because I really tried to surround myself with the people I loved the most. Like, I I think I did a good job of it. Like, I had a little park day with my Mm. friends, and then I went to the Botanic Gardens with my aunts and had dinner with my, like, closest family. And it was a really, really, really nice day. And I kind of made, like, a little speech because that's what I do I make and she's speeches <laughs> but I just kind of said I did not want to turn 25 and here I am turning 25 and we're all in this room today because of one specific person that person's not here anymore and that sucks but we remember her and we honor her and we make sure that she stays with us and mm-hmm. that was the start of my 25th year and I really think I would not have had such a good year if I hadn't really acknowledged that a transition and b that loss because it was 20 losing 24 was like a it was a big loss for me it was a big loss for you it was a really big loss I really I just did not want to turn 25 no and understandably so yeah. I think that's super normal but now I mean since I did have such a good year and I really just tried to put all of the lessons I've learned in the past couple of years into action I'm about to turn 26 in a couple of days and I'm not scared of it. And I'm actually kind of looking forward to what this next year could bring and really excited about uh, transitioning into a new part of my life, which uh, we can talk about in a second, but uh, I've kind of think I've decided about like what 26 is going to be. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I also think what's common with birthdays is almost like, guilt you know Mm. of still living like survivor's guilt yeah um i remember right after anna had passed away so her anniversary is the 26th my birthday is the fifth mom's anniversary is the 19th and her birthday is the 26th so it's just a lot one after another and my birthday's like mm, i don't know like 10 days after anna's anniversary yeah and i just remember on my birthday my mom was still like in town with me because it was I was in college at the time Mm -hmm. and she was asking me what I wanted to do. And I was like, I don't want to even acknowledge that I have a birthday because it's so unfair that Anna doesn't have another birthday. Like 
I'm getting older and she's not. And like, that's so not okay. Like it, it was horrible. I mean, I later came to, um, the decision on my own that, well, I want to like celebrate life because it's precious. And that like my, my attitude changed a little, which I'm not saying anyone's should change, but mine did. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think that there's a little bit of survivor guilt with birthdays too. Yeah. And that can be difficult. I mean, especially in your situation, that's a really, that's a unique one because you lost someone who was your age. And I can totally understand that of how could you turn, turn a new age when this person doesn't get to anymore? Like that's, that's major. Yeah. 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 That was a lot. How do you feel about your birthday this year? I feel fine about it. I mean, I will say just, so <laughs> my last birthday with my mom, um, she didn't, she was so drugged up. She didn't know really who I was. She didn't know whose birthday it was. She was like really irritable. Then she thought it was her birthday and I was like trying to steal it from her. Like she was just really drugged out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just like don't really like my birthday <laughs> that much anymore. I'm so grateful, you know, for life and so grateful that, you know, my cousin was born the same day as me and I just like don't really care. <laughs> yeah. I just don't really like to think about it. It reminds me of that last birthday. It reminds me that Anna isn't going to turn a new age like every year. So yeah, for me, I'm, I still struggle with my birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it'll take some time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I love the idea of like celebration, but I just, it's just, you know, birthdays are that transition. That's just yeah tough through and through. It's also not helpful that your birthday is in your grief season. <laughs> it's like right in the middle of your grief season. It's right in the middle of my grief season. Yeah. Yeah. Mel's birthday is coming up too. Her birthday is April 5th and mine's the 10th. Mm-hmm. So we're both Aries babes. Oh yeah. And we get to be the same age for five days. It's so fun. <laughs> Very fun. And then I turn another year older and wiser and I wow, get all yeah, the wisdom yeah. that she has to wait for oh, another year. For a whole year. I know. It's really tough, isn't it, for you? It is. <laughs> it's so tough. Gosh. Tell us what your birthday's about. Tell us about 26. Oh, okay. Um, well, we had a beautiful conversation with Anna's mom um, a couple days ago, and that episode's going to come out in three weeks. But she, after we were done talking, she kind of talked about this idea that um, – We've, you know, we've said a couple times that grief and love are the same thing. And she talked about grief and love being this, the same different sides of the same coin. And she said, your coin just sits on your table. And this whole time you're just used to seeing love. And then all of a sudden this person leaves your life and you have to flip the coin over to grief. And you're just in grief mode because that's the side of the coin that's up. And I did not... It like really kind of made me like weep a little bit <laughs> Both <of> us. <laughs> when she said that because it was just such a beautiful, simple way of thinking about it that I hadn't really wrapped my head around before. And I realized that I am still very much in the grief side of my coin and I have not really been letting love into my life. Uh, I have been accepting love from people that I know and that I loved prior to my mom's death, but post-death, I, I haven't really done a very good job of, you know, creating new deep friendships or really opening my heart to finding, um, comfort and I mean, love and others. I haven't really done a very good job of that because I think maybe somewhere deep, deep down inside, uh, I'm super afraid of losing love because I just lost love and it was really hard and it's going to continue to be hard. And 
so I've decided that 26 is going to be about trying to flip that corn back over and try and accept love back into my life. And I think that hopefully this other transition of moving to Scotland will be helpful for that because I'll be in a different place with all new people. And so if I'm going to survive, <laughs> I need to accept that love from literal strangers mm-hmm. and um, accept the love that I have for myself and the love for a new place. And I am, I'm ready to flip that coin over, but it's going to take a little bit of effort and a little bit of time, I think. But um, I'm excited about it too, because there's not been a lack of love in my life by any means, but I think I've just been a little bit guarded of mm-hmm. letting new people into my life. And I'm super ready to kind of, you know, let that start happening again. So, and it's amazing. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. I'm super scared. Yeah. But I feel like that's so normal. Yeah. I'm also excited, but I just, I'm a very loving person. And so it kind of surprised me, honestly, that when I had that like little epiphany of just like, oh, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> what? Because you're really good at giving. It's just the receiving that. It freaks me tough. out a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Because yeah. I don't know. I don't have because I don't have anything to follow that with. It's just a scary. Yeah. So. Well, and I think that relates a lot to the transition of relationships mm. and like how every single relationship you experience after the loss that is that primary transition, it kind of, you know, triggers your grief in a couple different ways because, you know, you, you want to tell the person you lost about this new relationship, whether it's friendship, whether it's you know, significant other, I don't know, the relationship with your aunt, the relationship with this person, blah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. any relationship, um, you may want to like debrief with the person you lost. So that's yeah. one way it's a transition. Another way it could be a transition is like what you were just saying. Like you realize something about yourself that has evolved, um, whether it's about like letting love in or, you know, the new person you're dating or, Whatever it is within you that decides you're ready for a relationship with this person, significant other, etc. That's something else you may want to share with your loved one. And I think that's something that comes up a lot in relationships forming after grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just the fact that the person isn't there. They'll never meet the person yeah. you're starting a relationship with. Again, whether it's a friendship or yeah. whatever. Um And like all three of those are super valid. And I think all three of them trigger your grief just in different ways. And I think it's a little bit more insidious than you would think, you know? Totally. It sneaks up on you. Yeah. And you don't really know what to look for because it is kind of surprising. Because I mean, just like I said, like I have great relationships. I love my relationships and I feel like I make really good relationships with people, really deep relationships. And it did kind of surprise me when I had that like little moment the other day of just like, hmm fuck like have you been blocking love a little bit and I have but I also think with relationships uh, the transition after loss of making them stronger and also maybe letting some go is Mm -hmm. really hard because there have been um not a lot of people but a couple people are just our relationship has dramatically changed Mm -hmm. since the loss of my mom and that was really hard to kind of like transition out of because all I wanted to do was talk about it with my mom. I was just like, this is like hard and I don't understand why this is happening or I don't understand how to work through it or get around it or 
ABC, XYZ. And like the comfort aspect. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you just want to talk to your person about (laughs) what's going on in your, you know, friendships and relationships in your life and you'll get to. Mm -hmm. But it is kind of interesting how much my relationships have changed since the loss of my mom. And that's a major transition because, yeah, some have strengthened astronomically and some have just kind of slipped away a little bit. And both are fine. Both are what's supposed to happen because if you don't change in life, you're not growing, you're not moving forward, mm-hmm. and that's all good and fine. But yeah, just it's just another one of those transitions where you're just like... It just hits you. It just hits you. And I think along the lines of relationships, your relationship with yourself changes, mm. you change. And for me, it's that kind of moment where I'm like, oh, my mom doesn't get to know like the person I am today versus who I was then. Like... She would be so proud to know that I have a better relationship with myself or my relationship with myself has changed in this way. You know, there's that also, that relationship with yourself that can trigger your grief. Totally. That's major. That is major, major. My mom would be so stoked for who I am today. Mm -hmm. She always loved me, but gosh darn it, I'm so much cooler than I was two years ago. (laughs) And she would just be You just learned so much. I learned so much. She'd be so happy. She is so happy. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a and I get it's a it. Funny like, thing. yeah, they they can still be proud of us and happy for us and you know experience it with us, but not in their body. You don't get to not receive where it. We, yeah, we don't get to receive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, and on another note of like milestones is moves. Yeah, which you have a huge one coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember my first move after my mom passed was into my very own apartment, and I was so excited. And, like, I was pretty pumped. And then my first night there, I, like, cried the whole night. Yeah. Because, you know, my my dad, bless his heart, tried his best to help me move, but couldn't that day. So it was just me moving everything. My sister was out of town. Oh, gosh, um, And I know my mom would have been the one to pack up the car, make it work so that, you know, everyone's there. And we would go get lunch or whatever. But, you know, without her there, that transition felt a lot lonelier and just like a little less sweet than it would have been otherwise. Yeah, because what an exciting time of life, moving out on your own and mm-hmm. moving to Denver too and like downtown Denver where you were living, <laughs> like with your dog and mm-hmm. yeah, that's huge. That's pretty major. Ugh. Well, and you have a very major move coming up. I do. Well, let's focus on you for a little bit again though <laughs> because you have moved multiple times I since your moved. mom has passed. You've yes, moved three times. Three times. And mm-hmm. so the other move was with Delaney, your cousin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this most recent move in with your boyfriend. So can you talk mm-hmm. about that transition of like living with a boy? Yeah. <laughs> who yeah. you love? <laughs> Sounds really hard. <laughs> I feel like um, at first – you know, the first year when I moved into my own apartment, I wanted to make sure it was my own. I didn't want any roommates, including like I, not that it was on the table, but I didn't want to move in with my boyfriend at the time. You know, I really wanted to experience that alone. And I had some really hard nights of feeling really lonely and, you know, learning how to self-soothe, which I think is going to be a lifelong long skill that's really important for anyone, especially experiencing grief. Um, and then moving in with my cousin was so much fun because it it was like having like my living with my sister so it was easy to just be myself it was low pressure but still like really fun company that we could laugh together and talk about work together and yada da debrief together so it was like I was kind of 
more open to being with people all the time because I wasn't as self-conscious about how I operated with my grief, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And then moving in with Danny um, was actually just really easy, I feel like. I feel like we kind of ramped up to it because, you know, we would like stay at each other's places here and there, um, go camping together, you know, go on trips together. So we knew what it was like to like be together for extended periods of time. And we experienced COVID together. So we experienced like every single day together in those times. Um, so I feel like we were like kind of primed for it, but it was really hard to not be able to talk to, you know, that person that I lost, like my mom or, you know, one that really hit me was Anna because we would talk about boys all the time. So, you know, just not having that person to debrief with and more so like when you're in the middle of living with it, you're in the middle of living in your new place, you know, Mm -hmm. is that feeling of like, oh, is this normal for someone who just moved or people who just moved into together with each other or is this me overreacting or is this that and like of course my mom would know or the person you love would know you know right so I think that makes the transition a little bit more difficult too yeah yeah that's so true just like not being able to ask questions about new parts of life is the hardest part Mm -hmm. and you just like does this person always leave the towel on the floor? Like, is this normal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and having someone just tell you that you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, especially in situations where it's a parent, you really do look for that guidance from them, you know? Right. Or like a grandparent or an aunt, etc. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of guidance that comes from the person you respect the most, you know? Yeah. The person that you just that can hear you and listen to you and not think that you're silly for saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. Okay. So now tell us about Scotland. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Um, this transition, it's probably the biggest transition of me life. <laughs> and it's been very, very calm, which is like kind of shocking to say, but I also just have, I have been planning it for two years my mom, I told my mom about it, my mom about it before she passed. So she knew, I know it's been that long. Um, but this is just, it's been very calm and like very affirming really. Mm-hmm. It's been a really, really, really nice transition so far. And I'm not there yet, obviously. And I think that once I get there, I'm going to be like, Oh fuck, I'm alone. <laughs> what is going on? Or you're going to freaking love it. And you're gonna be like, Oh yeah, I I'm hope, alone. And I, I hope it's love that. It. I'm sure it's going to be great. Otherwise, I wouldn't be going. But mm-hmm. the lead up to it has been really nice. The transition out of my job was wonderful. The transition out of my apartment was great. I had a little party and we had a little toast to the apartment. I wrote a poem because that's what my mom always did. And we wrote poems together. And so I said, did that and said goodbye to the apartment, which was really nice. Um and then, yeah, just moving back in with my dad has been actually really great. I'm glad I get to spend time with him before I go. It's just been a, it's been very smooth and very affirming is really the right word for it. I really feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I miss her so much right now. And I really wish that she were here so she could see me. But during this time, I have felt her more than I ever have before. And I'll talk about that a little bit because she, she loved the song Hotel California by the Eagles. I mean, like she fucking loved this song (laughs) and we would listen to it 
all the damn time. And if it came on the radio, we were like in the car and we got to our destination. Like we would drive around the block until the song finished. And my mom and I would always do like a sweet air guitar when <laughs> the it was, the live version is always the best. And the live version, the air guitar goes on for fucking ever at the end. So you just got to totally freak out. It's just the best song. And I have the best memories with my mom with that song. And it's been kind of funny because on semi-significant moments, like regarding my transition, uh, just Hotel California has just come on. So my last night at the distillery, which is the bar that I used to work at, uh, my it's also they've all been related to my dad, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So the last night at the still, my dad like walked in the door and Hotel California came on. And I was just like, oh, man. And then another time I was picking up packing supplies at my dad's house for my apartment and I forgot my phone inside the house. So I had to come back in. Otherwise I wouldn't have come back in. Hotel California just came on and my dad had like come downstairs from his office and I was like, okay, she's happy. And I asked my dad, I was like, do you think she's, do you think she's excited? And he was like, mm-hmm. obviously she is. Um, cause she's telling us right now with this song. And then I heard it, um, on St. Patrick's day, which is our favorite day of the year. Mm-hmm. And we were playing a game of Quiddler, which is like the best. It's like, Scrabble, but with cards. It's really fun. If you guys haven't played it, it's a really great game. Quiddler. Quiddler sponsor us. <laughs> I knew it was going to game. <laughs> um, but we were playing that, and my dad is so competitive, and he usually wins those types of games, and he got dead last. And so I was saying, boo! Boo, dad! And everyone was like, that's rude. Don't say that to your dad. And then Hotel California came on, so I was like... My mom agrees with me. She's booing. <laughs> she is totally booing my dad. I love it. And so it's just been really nice to kind of hear that song when I didn't put it on. It's just come on because it really feels like she's telling me that I'm where I'm supposed to be. And I've had like a dozen epiphanies about my life in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. It's honestly getting exhausting. You really have had discovering so many things about myself. I'm like, how much more is left? <laughs> What else could there possibly be buried that I need to discover? Uh, And with every new thing that I learned about myself and I learned about my journey, it just makes me that much more excited and that much more ready and that much more sure that what I'm doing is right. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, it's not like I don't feel my mom with me like every step of the way because I really am doing this for me. I'm not doing this for her if I were Mm -hmm. moving to... I don't know, like Italy or something like that. Maybe it would be for her, but this is 100% for me. Mm -hmm. Like this whole thing is solely explicitly exclusively about me. Mm -hmm. And so I don't feel her like walking with me in this transition, but I know that she's happy for me and I know that she's excited because she's found ways to show me. And that's Mm -hmm. been really, really cool because I, I just haven't really experienced that before. She hasn't really shown herself to me very much before so that feels really good that's so cool Kate it's pretty cool it is really nice and I I think that sometimes the little transitions are the ones that are the hardest where you just have to change a little thing in your life but sometimes the big ones are the ones that I think I think because oftentimes the big ones are so much about you so much about yourself and your personal journey that it can actually trigger the least amount of grief, mm. which I think can maybe be a little bit counterintuitive, but mm. I don't really feel a lot of my grief right now because this is about me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. 
I do. I can totally see that. Yeah. Because I do think it's more like birthdays and relationships and those kinds of things that trigger it more for me too than the moves that I've had. Totally. Like a birthday is really, when you think about it, it's just another day. Mm-hmm. It's really not, doesn't mean a whole lot, mm-hmm. but and I think it's we're, significant. We're missing a big one, but I just feel like we can't talk about it because it hasn't happened to us is the wedding. Like, yeah, a wedding is a big transition. It's a big transition. So, yeah. But also, I mean, we have experienced going to weddings and stuff and yeah. that's not very easy. Yeah. I hate going to weddings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a wedding planner on the side, so <laughs> it's been fine. Honestly, it's nice to see brides interact with their moms, but it's also one of the hardest things to witness because you have to watch and you know that you're not going to get it. Yeah. It's like soul crushing. Yeah. It's soul crushing. And I feel selfish saying that, but it's not selfish. It's just soul crushing. So while it's like a total juxtaposition of being so happy for your loved one who was getting married. Mm-hmm. It just sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's also a lot to suck because we're allowed to grieve. Mm-hmm. That's yes, something are. that we don't get and we're allowed to grieve that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. With any of these transitions too. Yeah. To remember that, you know, like in a relationship and a job, wherever it might be, your grief is valid always. It doesn't have to be because it's an anniversary or because it's a specific date, you know? Mm-hmm. You're allowed to feel it. I do think, though, that with transitions, though they can bring up your grief in a specific way, I think that most often they're a good thing because being stagnant is never good, especially with your grief. Mm -hmm. And I know I've spoken about this before, but I was not moving or doing anything the first couple of months that my mom passed. And so I wasn't feeling my grief at all. And there was nothing transitioning in my life. And I was keeping it exactly the same and being so stagnant. So I do think that even though transitions can bring up grief, I think that oftentimes the grief that it does bring up can be really, uh, can benefit you because it means it's moving Mm -hmm. and it means that something is happening outside of your body, inside of your body and pushing things through your body and helping it move and feeling those emotions and transitioning through is usually a beneficial positive thing I agree Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that oftentimes we not oftentimes I think that sometimes these beneficial transitions can be overshadowed by your grief but I also think it's important to realize that making a good move for yourself is going to make your loved one happy and it's Mm -hmm. going to make your loved one proud of you and it also it's going to make you proud of yourself Mm -hmm. which is the end of the day super important and the more transitions you take head on the more you learn about how you operate with your grief mm-hmm. and I think the more you learn about that the better the more you know about yourself the better the more aware you are the better because then you're able to prepare and respond in a way that almost becomes reaction you know mm-hmm. it gives you practice yeah practice makes progress yes not exactly. perfect perfect doesn't exist So we want to leave you with some tools on how to cope um, with transitions and steps. And I think the overall theme um, of coping with these transitions is just preparedness. Because I don't think you can ever like really prepare yourself fully for for how exactly you'll feel on a certain transition. But what you can do is take steps to kind of 
make the blow a little lighter. Mm -hmm. Maybe just pad your landing a little, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that it starts with awareness, being aware of what you're feeling and noticing that, yes, your grief is probably triggering this Mm -hmm. or this is probably triggering your grief. Um, Because instead of like, sometimes like I'll feel griefy and I won't realize that that's how I'm feeling, you know? Um, And I, I later noticed it was in a transition and I'm like, Oh, I felt crazy. Like, but really it made sense. I was feeling that way. So I do think awareness can give you kind of a, a sense of relief almost, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I think acknowledgement is the second step and that's acknowledging whatever feelings and emotions come up, whether that means crying or screaming or laughing or going on a run or going on a hike or something that's going to help you move that energy through your body or through like, you know, yeah, through your body. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the acknowledgement part of kind of preparing for these transitions. And then I think that self-talk is really important Mm -hmm. and it sounds cheesy. It sounds silly, but really to fill yourself up with motivation and as much support as you can give yourself that you may be craving from the person who you've lost. You know, absolutely. I think it's important to tell yourself like, yes, I can do this. Yes, I'm going to do this. Yes, this is possible. It's okay that I'm doing this. You know, giving yourself permission to take this transition is really important too. Um, And then I think the final step is just taking the leap. And I think that's absolutely the hardest step because it's, you're stepping off the cliff, you know, you're just going to do it. And you've prepared yourself as much as your brain can prepare you for a situation. And you're going to trust that the rest you'll be able to work out. Right. You've been able to do all of the tough things in your life up to this moment. You've been through the hardest loss of your life if you're grieving this hard to begin with. And that means that you can take this leap. That means that that's the only thing you, you have to do to get into this transition, you know? Yeah, just cross that threshold. Mm-hmm. Because you never know what's going to wait for you on the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it could be awful. And then you'll probably learn a lot. And you'll learn a lot about yourself and your grief and yada yada. Or maybe you learned nothing and it was just a blip in the road. Keep going. Keep taking the leap. Because yeah. you're going to have the positive experience that comes out of it too. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's it's a hard thing to do. And it's really, really scary. But it's usually worth it whether you, you know, gain happiness and joy and satisfaction from it or you gain lessons and understanding and perspective mm-hmm. they're all positive mm-hmm. and so making those transitions as hard as it is it's necessary yeah. and good can come from it i agree one of um anna's favorite quotes was maturity doesn't come with the years it comes with the damage and i think that relates to this you know like Every transition you go through is going to mature you by eons, you Mm -hmm. know, because your loss has already pushed you so far across the threshold with which you thought you could withstand. Right. You didn't get to choose whether or not you could handle that loss, but you have, which means that every transition you experience from here on out, you're going to get through and it's probably going to make you a stronger person at the end of it. Yeah. I love that. That's a beautiful way to put it. You've already done the hard work. Mm-hmm. You have. And it's okay to feel exhausted. You don't have to do this and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to conquer every day. I've already made it so I can make it again. Like, it's cool if you're like, 
no, fuck this. I can't make this. But you do it anyway. Awesome. You still took the leap. You got there. Yep. You pushed yourself. Yeah. You got to transition. They happen through life all the time. They happen all the time. All the time. And I, yeah, being stagnant is just, it's not an option. No. It's just not. So go for it. Take that leap. Put your faith in yourself. You can do it. You can do this. And it's going to bring some stuff up potentially, but your person is excited for you. Mm-hmm. You got this. You got this. We always want to hear your feedback on this too, guys. Like if you have a transition you've been through that maybe surprised you or a way of dealing with a transi- transition you think would be helpful to someone else, mm-hmm. let us know. We'd love to share it with everyone. Yeah. You can DM us on our Instagram, which is Society, or you can email us at deadmomsociety at gmail.com. And we also had the kind of fun idea, uh, just because episodes are going to be transcontinental. That's not a word. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm talking about. Transcontinental is like across the U.S., right? I don't know. Because our episodes are going to be across the world. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Let me restart that. Intercontinental? No, because it's like within the same continent. Oh. Okay. Okay. Because... <laughs> okay uh we had an idea because episodes are going to be recorded from different places for a little bit we thought we'd make it kind of easy on ourselves and ask for you guys to email us maybe some of your stories because we would Mm -hmm. love to read them and uh kind of get a little bit of feedback and just a look into our listeners backgrounds and hear about what you guys have gone through and how you guys have made it and worked with it. And Mm -hmm. we would really, really, really love to hear your stories. And if you're comfortable, of course, we'd love to read them. You can tell us if you don't want your name mentioned or whatever, but we think it'd be really cool to get a look into our listenership and for all the other listeners to kind of understand who um, is a part of this community. Absolutely. And the whole point of this is community. So Mm -hmm. having multiple stories, you never know who's, who's okay. You never know. How your story is going to touch someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's what we've learned so far is like, we love, we love it when people DM us and say nice things because it just makes us feel super validated, but also makes us understand that sharing our stories is helpful and sharing your story is helpful too. And we really want to hear it. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, thanks for listening, you guys, because this is really nice. Mel and I just, we feel very loved and we feel very supported. And I'm so honored. Really, really fucking honored. And we hope that you guys feel loved and supported through this as well. Agreed. Yeah. And as always, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I did it again. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying it. Is this. I'm not saying it. <clears throat> That's your line. That's your line, my dove. <laughs> okay. And as always. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not gonna look at you. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And as always. (laughs) No, you can't. You can't because then I do. And then I do. And then you do. Okay. (laughs) And as always, it is what it is. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>
love it so much. <laughs> I haven't laughed this hard in so long. Okay. And as always, it is what it is. And it's okay to not be okay. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> okay. I feel like that was